Welcome to the Agency Nation Radio Podcast, powered by Trusted Choice and the Big Eye. This is a special hard market bonus edition, talking about renewals, featuring National Young Agents Council members. Welcome to Agency Nation Radio Podcast, where insurance professionals turn on the mic and share unscripted stories about leadership, technology, marketing, success, and failure. Stories that help them make them the professionals they are today. Agency Nation Radio is presented by The Big Eye and Trusted Choice. I'm today's host, Taylor Hendrickson, Director of the Young Agents Council at the Florida Association of Insurance Agents and member of the Big Eye National Young Agents Committee. Today, we are kicking off the special Hard Market Series, a collaboration between the National Young Agents Committee and Trusted Choice for independent agents. Over the coming weeks, we will sit down with a series of guests to talk through tactical strategies that have helped them thrive in a challenging coverage environment. Today, we are joined by Cash McMillan, a fellow National Young Agents Committee member and vice president at the Cash & Company located in Little Rock, Arkansas, and Patricia Claussen-Hamilton, former Florida Young Agents Council chair and current FAIA board member and owner of Claussen Insurance located in Weston, Florida. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. We are so excited to hear your take on the current marketplace. Let's dive in. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited. So glad to be here. All right. You guys ready to get rolling with the questions? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's let's start off with a softball. I mean, Patricia, this may not be a softball for you, but how are you communicating <laughs> about rate increases with your customers? So I love this question because it's not like we haven't had a really hard market here in Florida for like the last three plus years, right? Right. <laughs> it's just been such a terrible market here for for any fellow Florida agents listening. Um, and I know that that's uh, starting to be seen in other markets uh, within the country. And so for us, uh, when we are seeing these rate increases come in um, and rate increases are just so unpleasant, right? No one likes to be caught off guard. And uh, what we've noticed is, and what has been successful for us is the first thing is just get ahead of it. If you can, get ahead of it. One of the worst things you can do is let your insured open the mail <laughs> and have that feeling of shock and just heartbreak of seeing that big rate increase. And so we've all been there, right? It, it may not be insurance related. It could be that you open the mail and there was an unpleasant bill or a notice that you weren't expecting. And it's just not a great feeling. It's not an ideal way for your client to find out that their premium is increasing. In Florida, that could be doubling. It could be tripling. Um, And so what we are really trying to do here at Clawson Insurance is minimize that feeling, that unpleasant feeling. And in doing that, like I said, first thing is getting ahead of that. And to get ahead of it, we have to have a good offense game, right? Come on, football fans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so what I mean mean by that is we want proactive, uh, intentional communication. Uh, throughout the year, not just when the renewal offer has been issued. So, you know, we don't, we don't want the first time our client has heard from us all year to be when we are presenting them with the renewal offer, showing them, you know, oh, sorry, Mr. Customer, you know, your, your premiums doubled. It's really not 
the best time for them to hear from us. It's just going to associate really negative feelings. So what we've been trying to do is utilize these opportunities for proactive communication to educate our insureds on how we got here in the first place. It's important for them to know. So a few things that we've tried to be intentional about um, is our involvement with our state association and why our association's advocacy efforts are so important. Uh, we've educated insureds about vital legislative changes that have passed to help insureds. So such as uh, here in Florida, my Safe Florida Home Program, which just offers a significant financial benefit for many homeowners in Florida. And we've also talked to them about um, the landscape of carriers and how that's dramatically shifted. Uh, and we've given the reasons, look, you know, everyone knows we get hurricanes here. So, you know, we talk about the losses. We talk about the excessive litigation. And ultimately that leads us to a conversation about reinsurance costs. These are things that maybe they, they've heard about hurricanes, but they, you know, they've never heard about reinsurance costs. So we're kind of laying the landscape, right? We're, we're helping them. We're building a base for them so that when we do get that renewal, um, come in, it's, they're not just completely blindsided. They're, they had an idea of what's been going on and they understand, um, that they're most likely going to be seeing a rate increase. Um, and what I love about this approach for us is not only have we, um, helped educate them on some really important issues that are going to be affecting, uh, the industry and affecting them, but we've furthered our relationship with them. We've established ourselves as an informed and reliable source which is so invaluable. Um, and so uh, to just kind of wrap this last point up, once we've taken those proactive measures to get ahead of it, we feel like the next big piece of this is uh, when you commit communicate your rate increase is to explain the value of our agency. So for us, we mm -hmm. want them to understand the value of an independent agency. So we're, we're, we are reassuring them that we are on it, that we are going to find a solution for them. We're telling them, hey, you know, this is, we have markets that we can look at. And I know some of, some of the, you listening may be thinking, well, what if I really don't have the markets? You know, what if everything is just so limited? Um, and so what, what, what I say to that is what I share with my staff and tell them to do. Even if you think the only carrier you have that you may be able to find uh, to go against this big rate increase is the carrier of last resort, which here in Florida would be citizens. I tell my staff, leverage our comparative rater, run the quotes, let the declinations come back. You know why? Because we provide a quote summary with all of the declinations. And when we um, have that quote in hand, that's still, uh, you know, uncomfortably, um, of an uncomfortably high premium, it gives them at least the peace of mind that we've made an exhaustive search and that we've made every attempt to help them. Gives It, it makes it a little easier for them to swallow that big increase. And then the most important thing is they're less likely to start calling around other agents, you know, oh, you know, because now they feel rest assured. Okay, yes, I see that this, you know, carrier A decline, carrier B decline, and, and the reasons why. So in short, get ahead of it, educate, and show the value of an independent agent. That was awesome, Patricia. We How's love that? an educated. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome, Patricia. Yeah. We love an educated consumer. Amazing. Good job, Cash. Do you have anything that you'd yes. like to add? I mean, Patricia took the words out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> no one likes surprises. And and we will we'll get to another topic in a bit. It's all about expectation management. Um, 
no one likes surprises, including us. We don't like surprises from our underwriters. Um, our customer for sure doesn't like them. So I, I couldn't add anything to that that she didn't already say. That was awesome. Yeah. Great uh -huh. job, Patricia. Thank you, guys. All right. Now we're going to talk a little about, about carrier appetite changes. What are you seeing carriers do with their appetite and how do you adapt? Sure. I can, I can speak to this one for a bit. Um, of course, uh, of course I'm in Arkansas. Um, so the Midwest, uh, convective storms, uh, we deal with straight line winds, hail and, um, tornadoes, uh, mostly, um, as far as weather related claims. And so what we are seeing is uh, an unprecedented uh, increase in those types of claims within our territory, uh, Arkansas and surrounding states. Oklahoma, uh, they had their issues a few years ago. They settled all that out, but it was kind of a, a localized thing. Now we're seeing that the frequency of those events go up and all of our carriers are having to adapt. So what we're seeing is <clears throat> a lot of big data decisions. Um, we're seeing them um, remove themselves from markets, from classes, classifications of business that they have been in for decades. Um, anything property related is a dumpster fire right now. Um, we're seeing, um, Basically, anything with uh, a roof exposure, we're seeing the increases in uh, deductible levels. We're seeing exclusions on roofs, exclusions on wind or hail. Um, we're having to go access uh, deductible buy-down options, um, which I'm sure that Patricia could speak to as well uh, from, from her uh, uh, market in Florida. Um, but we're also seeing, you know, certain challenges in restaurant classes, in uh, convenience store classes, in uh, more casualty driven uh, classes. Anything with a large fleet is having challenges. So these carriers, um, bless their hearts, they're having to adapt and, and recover um, and cut off some of the bleeding, if you will. And um I don't, I don't wish that upon anybody, but they have to clean up their book for their shareholders. And, and we understand that we just have to adapt and do what's best for uh, the consumer and our customer by doing some of the things that, that Patricia mentioned earlier, do an exhaustive search and uh, make sure that even if it's not um, sunshine and rainbows, when we take the renewal, they mm -hmm. know that there's uh there's nothing better uh, out there that we can bring them. Right, right. You were just I talking um, earlier about setting expectations. How do you go about setting those expectations with a more challenging broker-client conversations with all of this kind of chaos that's happening in the market? Yeah, I think um, I think she said it right. You have uh, conversations regularly, um, whether that's uh, designated scheduled times of the year, uh, a certain uh, frequency that you want to call all of your customers or whether that is a, a 130 days out pre-renewal uh, review meeting. And even if you do it one time a year, 
uh, four months ahead of, of renewal, um, you're, you're still able to have that conversation and set expectations. Um, specifically, some of the expectations that I'm trying to set are um, rate, um, what they can expect on deductibles. Um, if they are getting non-renewed, um, reassure them that we are uh, prepared and that we are already working on a solution for them. And uh, one other thing that we're seeing now that we haven't really seen before is timeline. Um, when we can expect to have uh, a solution for them, because uh, here locally, the days are gone of having um, renewals ahead of time. Um, we're seeing lead times on getting our even our renewal terms, uh, sometimes as close as three days before it renews before we have an option for them and uh, reassuring them along the way and reminding them that we're on it. This is what we can expect. I've had this many conversations with this many underwriters um, and the results of those conversations. Um, so we're having to um, put their minds at ease a lot more often than we used to have to. Let's talk a little bit about property valuations. How do you deal with carriers mandating property valuations or increases in values year over year? Patricia, do you want to take this one? We haven't heard from you in a little bit. Oh, well, uh, yeah. And I think I think Cash has some good insight on this, but I'll just comment on, on this. For us, uh, we have definitely seen this happen, um, specifically with some of our more private client carriers, um, with higher value homes, um, sort of ma mandating some higher values and in, in our insureds are uh, a little caught off guard and, and, and a lot of times in disagreement. And so um, one of the things that we offer, obviously, as an independent agent is we'll do let's we'll offer to review and, and rerun a replacement cost estimate using, you know, the carrier's estimating tool um, that involves a conversation with the insured, understanding the home. Um, it may even be uh, uh, involved looking at photos and kind of helping the insured understand, you know, what they have and getting a little bit more acquainted with the home. Um, because sometimes, you know, the insured may not realize what things cost. And so when we start really itemizing things and understanding and, and peeling back the layers of the onion of, of what their home and how it's built and the fixtures, uh, sometimes um, that really helps them start to add and start calculating what their home really should be insured for. So I'm not saying that the carriers sometimes uh, don't have, you know, have unrealistic expectations because we do see that, but sometimes the, the insured also has, you know, they, Oh, well, you know, it's, I could, uh, I only have so much on my mortgage, so I, I don't need that much in insurance. So mm -hmm. it's like, well, no, you know, so we'll also talk about co-insurance because for those folks who are tempted to kind of underinsure the home after we've looked at the replacement costs and you know, if they're still not feeling convinced about what that should be. Um, we'll talk about co-insurance, which some policies have, you know, co-insurance clauses and, and there could be a penalty there for uninsuring the home under, under insuring the home. Um, and then of course there's the, everyone's hot topic that everyone's talking about inflation. I mean, if you try to get anything done these days, it's double what it would cost, you know, a few years ago. So it's, it, and, and that's just a, a really easy way to talk to the customer, you know, Hey, when's the last time you had your house painted? 
you know, and, or, you know, are the people in the neighborhood doing things? They talk, neighbors talk. Oh yeah. My neighbor just put a fence in and it was 10 grand, you know, something, Mm -hmm. something like that. So it kind of helps customers bring it back to the real world, why things are going up, why their coverages, you know, are going up, um, and why, uh, they should really consider, uh, proper, properly insuring the home and gives them a little bit more peace of mind. Those are just my two cents on that. I bet cash has something valuable to add here. <laughs> yeah. So this is what we call an emerging <clears throat> issue here in our part of the world. Um, we're uh, starting in probably the beginning of this year. It started to become uh, a big issue. Underwriters uh, switched from asking us to take a look. Is this a little bit underinsured? Should we raise the value this year to saying you should raise the value and this is what it is and we won't go below this. And that number could have been 100 uh, percent doubling the value uh, all the way down to uh, 20 to 30 percent kind of on the lower end of raising the value. All the while, they're forcing um, an inflation guard of 8% minimum now instead of 2 or 4%. So um, I'm not going to say we're trying to combat this. We're trying to adapt to this um, because there are some flaws in that logic. Um, uh, the same property that we insured for 500000 last year uh, is not at 1.4 million this year because a computer <laughs> said so. That's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, my background, I come from an underwriting desk, a commercial underwriting desk. And so I used to have to um, operate within the parameters as well. Uh, there's a lot of detail in those Marshall, Swift and Beck reports. And I'll just tell you now, if you are an agency owner out there listening right now, and your staff does not know how to run those reports specific to the property that you're looking at and not just accepting the values, you need to look into training them on that. Um, For example, if you were to select and rate a property in a Marshall Swift and Beck, um, there's some defaulted values. Um, depending on the occupancy class, it might default you to a 20 foot story height. So each floor of that property is 20 feet tall. It's not always realistic, right? As default, I Um, wish. (laughs) As default. Yeah. Um, so like commercial warehousing, usually it's a 20 foot story height standard. Um, in Arkansas, we don't have many of those. Of course we do. But most of them are contractors, shop buildings or something similar to that with a 10 foot or a 12 foot story height that drastically reduces the calculation of that property value. Um, Also, the mechanicals, uh, the heat, the air, is it defaulting to sprinklered? Does it default to have an elevator in it? Um, Some of these may not. Uh, Some of them may not be heated or cooled at all if it's a contractor storage facility. Um, so if you really dig down deep in those details and specifically rate these properties like they should be, um, then you can take that report on your own and provide that to your underwriter. Say, hey, friend, um, we have run our own report um, and this is what we've come up with. 
no, it's not what it was last year. We agree it needs to be increased, but it doesn't need to increase by 80% like you've pr proposed. And um, I'll just tell you, our agency, we've been doing this since um, uh, January of this year. And um, most underwriters, there are exceptions, will accept our report um, knowing that we have done it uh, specific to that building and they will put it in their file, agent provided, and they will agree with us. That's awesome. I agree that I've seen that most, most are willing. And if they're not willing, they're, you know, they're kind of upfront. Well, no, this is what it is, but it is a very good due diligence and a value add for your customer. And on that note, um, let's just say the underwriter digs in their heels and says, nope, this is our minimum. We're going to increase the values by 50%, uh, whether you like it or not. Okay. Know your state's laws. Okay. Mm -hmm. Arkansas in particular is a valued loss state. You need to know if your state is a valued loss state. That means if there's a total loss uh, of any kind, that carrier, there's no negotiation. Uh, on what they are going to pay. They're going to pay policy limits. They're, they're going to be prepared to strike that check. And so you can tell that to your customer if that if your state has that law. Uh, yes, you're overinsured um, based on what we are calculating. But if the tornado comes through, if your house burns down completely, um, you could make money. <laughs> now, we don't like to... Um, promise that, but that's, right. that's the silver lining of, um, you know, if that underwriter does require us to do this, um, at least, you know, you're taken care of. Absolutely. Right. And you're standing up go for your, your customer. <laughs> yeah, go yeah. on vacation. At the end of the day, that's <laughs> our state insurance departments. Um, they're looking out for consumer protection and, and that's what, um, that's what our focus is as independent agents as well, to protect the consumers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that approach. It's, a pe again, delivering peace of mind. So I really like that approach. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing, Cash. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about timeline for renewals. Start your renewal process early with a clear strategy for what you would like to accomplish. What recommendations do you have for others to prepare themselves for renewal? I'll, I'll start. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, so with, um, with renewals, this is, this, this really, um, kind of can tie in with my first point, um, of, uh, you know, getting ahead of it. So you, if you receive a notice uh, or you receive the renewal, right, it's issued and, and you're, you should be comparing. And if you don't have a, um, you should leverage software so that you can have a variance report. Um, your agency management system may be able to do that through Ivan's or um, any other type of, uh, even as simple as Excel, right? You can compare and see, okay, you know, yeah, this, this has gone up. Um, and so when you're looking at that, Obviously, the further uh, uh, ahead that you can be, the better. Why? Because sometimes, um, if whether it's rate or maybe in our case, we've just seen a huge number of non-renewals, you need to give the insured time to prepare and to react. In our case, <clears throat> what often happens if the home is over 20 years of age, 
um, and that's this this depends on carrier guideline. But the the lowest is twenty years. Some are thirty, some are forty years. But the lowest is twenty years. So if the home is older than twenty years of age, they need a new uh, they need a four point inspection. And most carriers want it either it's been completed within the last year, or it, and some carriers they want it within the last uh, thirty days. So obviously having an inspector go to your home and completing that four point inspection. Uh, where for those, um, I don't, Cash, is that something that you guys have in in your state? No, ma'am. Okay, not, so I'll just not yet. <laughs> not yet. Well, hey, it might be coming. <laughs> so I'll just I'll just like briefly talk about what a four point inspection is. That it is then. So a four point inspection measures the age uh, and condition of the four major systems of the home. So that's going to be your roof, your electric, your plumbing, and your AC. And so a lot of carriers now, because we have in, in Florida, we have a lot of older homes, homes that are aging. And as we know, you don't really see the claims on the new homes, do we? We see the claims on the older homes typically. And so it's a very important part of the underwriting process here. Uh, so if you do see that re uh, that rate increase and you know you're going to have to shop it or worse, you got your client received a non-renewal notice, you're going to want to give them ample time to... Uh, order that inspection, the four-point inspection. And there's it, here in Florida, we have a wind mitigation inspection, which uh, uh, basically evaluates uh, how well a home is protected in the, in a, in the event of a windstorm event. And so <clears throat> those two inspections are, are vital in our rewriting process um, and remarketing process. And so what I would say is you have to have ample time. And uh, I would say at a minimum 30 days, but 60 days would would be better. 90 days, depending, you know, if it's a commercial account, you want to get as far ahead as you can because here's what happens. So they go ahead and they get that four-point inspection done, right? And it shows that there's an issue. There's broken roof tiles. There's a water leak. There's something going on. Well, now they're ineligible with it here in Florida. It'd be basically ineligible with every other carrier. So now they have to go ahead, find the contractor to go ahead and make those repairs so that the home could be uh, in a condition where it's insurable. Um, and so getting ahead of that um, as with as much time as possible that's realistic is really important um, here in Florida. And hopefully uh, you guys don't see that coming, but if you do, um, that's what a four-point inspection is. It is very important to the underwriting process here in Florida, and it does kind of open a can of worms, unfortunately, and that's why you want to get ahead of it as, as uh, much as possible. Cash, did you have anything you wanted to that's add? That's good to know because, uh, no, I 100% agree with the the timeline. Um, get out ahead of it. You know, we have, I'm sure every state has laws uh, for carriers to send out conditional renewals or non-renewals. So that gives us some lead time. And, and um, sometimes we like to be more proactive and give that underwriter a phone call specifically on an account that may have had a claim or uh, is reaching one of those thresholds of building age. Um, and so we like to get out ahead, usually uh, ahead of the the minimum time standard for submitting uh, remarkets, which is sometimes 120, sometimes 90 days mm -hmm. ahead of renewal. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, all right. Have your loss run reports impacted your renewal process? Is there more you're looking for now than compared to in the past? I'll take that one uh, real quick. So yes, we're 
we're seeing along alongside the appetite changes. Um, it's not just classification changes. We're seeing changes in um, the appetite for risk. Uh, to put it simply, we're we're seeing more stringent underwriting and more questions around uh, prior losses. So uh, when we do decide, go through that process and decide to remarket an account, um, we need to have a narrative ready, uh, understand the prior claims and what, what has happened and be able to explain that to an underwriter. Uh, and one key point on this that I wanna bring up is uh, pick up the phone. Uh, mm -hmm. If you are an email person and you don't like to get on the phone, um, I'm going to encourage you today to pick up the phone and have a human to human conversation with your underwriter on the other end of that phone, uh, because there's so much more that you can communicate through a phone call, through that relationship that you have uh, than through an email. Uh, because when you have this conversation and I have it almost on a daily basis with underwriters. Um, I know this loss run shows a $300,000 reserve on an auto claim that occurred last year. What you don't see is uh, the dash cam footage that shows we were not at fault. What you mm -hmm. don't see is the witness statement yet um, that there's multiple witnesses that can prove this is not our fault. Um, the only reason they reserve that is because there's an attorney involved and that, you know, something has happened and the carrier wants to is required by their financial uh, standards to uh, almost over reserve it. Uh, they think it could make it here. And so for their reporting, they have to. And that's a management decision, not an adjuster decision usually. And so um, when we remarket that account, um, we need to know the details around that claim. Um, a lot of times underwriters, kind of a rule of thumb is anything over $10,000 on a commercial account, they're going to want a narrative about. And so um, here at the cashing company, we are, uh, we're prepared uh, to have an explanation for those. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I, I think one of the great point that you made, pick up the phone. Uh, that's such a good point because it's first of all, it's just a lot harder, right, to say no to someone when you're when it's human to human. It's so easy. I mean, that's why, right, these generation generations now, right, prefer text. It's just it's so much easier to say certain things via text. But when when uh, you have someone on the other line and you're explaining the details and you're giving reason, it, it's it's like, all right, you're kind of massaging it. You're letting the ideas marinate. And it's a lot harder to say uh, no, when there, especially when there's good reason uh, to say yes. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, I've, really? if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred, a hundred times. I'm sorry, Taylor, for interrupting. Um, okay. But right now in our market, it's harder to sell to an underwriting desk, not underwriters as human beings. It's hard to sell it to an underwriting department than it is to sell it to uh, the general public. And uh, so one of the things that we do is, is we try to get on the phone more often. We have that trust level. They can hear our inflection of voice. And it takes, it takes a sales pitch uh, sometimes to do that. Yeah. And I think what's another important part of that is like you're, you're part of that is, is the, 
the relationship you've built with the underwriter and and that um trust that you've built the <clears throat> so you do want to kind of be selective with the risks that you are going to have these conversations with because it's like hey if i'm here at our agency it's like hey we don't come to you often with these so it, when we do you know, we, we're hopeful that they're listening and they, they do look at our history, our relationship with them. And we do often have really positive outcomes, just like you said, from picking up the phone. Yes. And another point to that, I wanted to clarify, it's a lot easier to do that on the commercial side, I feel like, than the uh, the personal line side, uh, because of the, there's more automation, there's less personal touch on the personal line side. Um but on the commercial side, usually we are assigned uh, an underwriter, at least a territory representative that we can get in touch with. Um, so I do want to make that that distinction. And that might be a change you might start seeing uh, come your way, because here in Florida, I'll tell you, we do even on the personal line side, uh, we are typically uh, it, it may either be assigned um, in some cases an underwriter that we will work with or um, a, a team of underwriters that are uh, specialized in our area. And when we meet with our marketing reps, they'll, they'll tell us, Hey, you know, if you think that there's one that we should really look at, maybe, I don't know, let's just say it's a higher value home and their limits 1.5 million. It's 1.7, you know, come talk to us. Let's, let's, let's talk it through. So, and there, there are some things that we can talk through. I've had customers um, where they're closing on a home and they're, uh, there could be something minor that needs to be corrected and um, they're going to do it immediately after closing, but they don't own the home yet. So they can't do it now. Uh, and we'll get on the phone with an underwriter, explain the situation. And a lot of times we can get an exception um, so that those repairs can be made after the closing. So it, it, all around, at least here in Florida, and you may be seeing that come your way because I know that changes are coming as they say. <laughs> Oh, that's, you're exactly right. Uh, that's a great point. Patricia has been sitting in a hard market now for three or four years, and now it's just starting to spread across the country. We need her expertise right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it sounds like everyone's doing a really good job with adapting. I, I love uh, a lot of the insight Cash has, has shared today. It, it's um it's really interesting to hear from other markets and see what they're doing, learning and learn from other folks, uh, how you can up your game, how you can improve your processes. Because um, ultimately, right, we all have the same goal. We we want to help our customers. We want to protect them um, and we want to grow our businesses. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We've been talking a lot about remarketing accounts throughout this whole podcast. What guidance do you have for individuals who are looking to remarket their accounts? When do you remarket? Why don't you remarket? What are what are y'all's opinions on that? Oh, that's such a loaded question, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think so. There's here in Florida, there are so many aspects to this. Um, the first thing is, and I, I hate to keep on going back to get ahead of it, right? But really, um, here in Florida, you don't want your customer. So and I'm assuming this works the same way in other parts of the state, but uh, in other parts of the country, rather, sorry, you have people who buy a home and their mortgage, um, they have their insurance premiums escrowed uh, through their mortgage. And so 
What you don't want to happen is the bank receives the renewal. It's double the premium. They paid it anyways. And the first time you hear from the customer, right, is they're calling you and saying, hey, my, I just got a letter from my bank. My mortgage is going up $500 a month because of the insurance premium. Um, so clearly, when you see big increases like that, our job, we owe it to our customers to look and see what else can be done. Because sometimes it could just merely be remarketing that policy and you get them right back to where they were or within you know a reasonable amount or a reasonable difference from where they were. Um, I would say when you when you shouldn't remarket or when you should really reconsider you know remarketing, um, we have these conversations with customers. You know, hey, if there's someone who's had you know their loss history is not the the best, the nicest, they they may be kind of stuck where they are. They should be lucky they didn't get a non renewal. I hate to say it like that, but that's the market that we're we're dealing with here. Um, <clears throat> and so you know, if if they don't have the best um, loss history, or or maybe they're not willing to go through. Uh, providing you with with the information you need to be able to remarket it. So again, back here in Florida, that could involve them providing me with a new wind mitigation inspection and a new four-point inspection, which depending on where you live in the state, I mean that could be a $300, $400 or up, you know, expense. So, uh, you know, at that point in time, it's having that conversation with the customer. Hey, you know, I'm going to, if we remarket this, we're going to need to get this, these new inspections from you. Are you willing to do that? And if the answer is no, I mean, it, you may just be wasting your time. So having that conversation, educating them about their risk profile, what would be involved with remarketing it. Um, and the other thing is we do see this a lot. If you have carriers that allow you to bundle, and one of those premiums goes up and now suddenly they're like, well, let's shop it. I always like to remind uh, insureds, if you want to shop this, just keep in mind that you're going to lose some of those bundle credits. So the savings may be, there may be no savings at the end of the day, depending on what that credit and uh, that bundle credit is. So, you, you know, you go ahead and move it from um, carrier A that where they have their home and auto and move it to carrier B, that savings suddenly may have diminished into nothing or, you know, something insignificant. Um, and then ultimately we, we know there are different types of limitations, uh, to coverages and, and policy contracts. So not everything just boils down to money. Uh, there are significant coverage change, uh, coverage differences with certain carriers and so that's something that I always like to remind my insureds, like, yes, you know, we could remarket this and yes, you know, maybe we could save you some money, but you also could be potentially uh, giving up. So for example, here in Florida, water is a big thing. A lot of carriers, if your home is older and it just varies by carrier, but let's just say, you know, if your home is older than 10 years, um, for example, they're going to limit water damage to uh, $10,000. So I mean, if you have a significant water loss, that's not going to get you very far. So, um, if you're with, a, if my insured's with a carrier where they have quote unquote full water damage coverage, <laughs> um, 
then that's going to be of value. So I, I think that those are all important things. You have to look at the risk as a whole, the history, uh, the carrier itself, the coverages, and kind of a guide the insured. It's not just a dollar to dollar conversation. Yeah, that, those are really good points. I, I think you hit it right on the head with the coverage um, thing, because that's our our number one um responsibility as uh independent insurance agents is to make sure that that we are uh selling on coverage first uh, they know exactly what coverages that they have and that they want that they choose to buy and that uh, we're not going to give any of that up to another carrier that does not uh, provide that uh unless they specifically uh want us to um, for, for a pricing issue. Um, and that's what we see some agents do, uh, is sell strictly on price. Um, and that's a shame. Um, but one thing I wanted to add as we are just kind of starting, um, we're about a year into this, um, hard market here in Arkansas. Uh, there's some remarkets we have to do. Um, I call it the graveyard effect. Um, someone funnier than me that owns an independent agency in Arkansas at Halloween, um, they put out these decorations in front of their agency office of tombstones and they started, um, taping the logos of companies that had either gone into receivership, uh, <laughs> left the state completely, uh, and it's, it's double digits and, uh, they were adding, they, I think they've kept those decorations up after even Halloween because it's such an issue. I love it. And decorations. So, it's reality. It's yeah. reality. Yeah. Um, Pour one out but, for my homies. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so if, if you have a renewal coming up, that's, that's in the graveyard, uh, one of those carriers that is no longer in your region or state, um, that's going out of business, uh, in effect, um, we have to do something right. Uh, and that takes a lot more resources and time, uh, from your staff. Um, and so being strategic with that, of course, the graveyard ones, they, they have to be remarketed. We have to find a solution for them. Um, but I think the question of, uh, how and when and when not to, uh, comes on, um, other types of accounts, you know, normally we would default to maybe every three years we will check the market. Um, but these days we're getting calls and requests. Hey, uh, I got this notice, 25% increase is coming. Uh, what are you doing? Um, are you remarketing? And, uh, we have to balance that, that answer, uh, depending on what we have time to do, because we have staff that, um, uh, may not, uh, have the bandwidth to remarket every account that we have. Um, and so some of those may be uh, calling your underwriter again, calling them on the phone saying, what are you planning to do with this renewal? Um, what are your rate needs? Uh, are there any issues? Um, and try to put them to bed early and just say, hey, let me help you get this off your desk. Let's let's talk about the premium you need on renewal. Um, I've got some indications from Marie, from other underwriters on what they would have to have. And 
you can put that renewal to bed very early uh, by doing that, that we've had some success with that. Um, another one could be um, that you say, listen, there's no one else that writes your class anymore uh, besides mm -hmm. this company. They're a good company. They handled that claim for you last year. Uh, I think, uh, I think we stick with them. Are you okay with that? And if they say, yes, you've set their expectation that um, we're not going through this whole process. Um, and then, okay, when we decide, yes, we need to remarket, you send it out, you send the submissions out, you either rate them online, uh, you get it to everyone, and then you start tallying the results. One thing that we've added to our presentations, every single presentation is a marketing results list. Um, I don't care if it's 30 declinations. We just showed them that we tried. Um, exactly. We exhausted those options. Um, or if it's uh, an indication, say an underwriter, I'm not going to quote on this. I can't be competitive. Okay. You might not be able to, but please give me an indication of where you would be. A non-binding indication. I won't hold you to it. Um, I don't care if it's 50% higher than what it is. I need to show my customer what the market says. Exactly. And uh, we've had a lot of success. Um, and I'll kind of, um, I'll tell this little story and then I will shut up. But um, <laughs> I learned this lesson a long time ago when I was in college. I worked in a little retail store next to a betting mart. Is anyone familiar with betting marts? So just, I don't know how they keep that many mattresses on hand, but they do. <laughs> and there's three in every town. Okay. So. <laughs> I learned that the guy that ran the betting mark came in my store often. We became friends. And he told me, he said, <clears throat> he said, I sold a $15,000 mattress today. I said, a $15,000 mattress. And of course, <laughs> at that time, I'm minimum wage. I'm in college. It's like, how do you sell a $15,000 mattress? He said, you set a $30,000 one next to it. Oh. He said, they did studies in New York City and they they set these $15,000 mattresses in a store and they didn't sell any for three months. The second they put another mattress next to it and they put a $30,000 price tag. There was no difference. They put a $30,000 price tag on it. They sold 10 of them that day. Genius. So the point there being is even if the answer is not ideal, even if you're giving them a rate increase, if you can get uh, an indication or another quote, I'm, even if it's higher, even if it's higher, um, it helps you retain that customer and give them that peace of mind. That's such a great point. So true. I mean, mm -hmm. just the way our minds work, right? It's like you got option one, option two. <laughs> it's not yeah. only option one, even even if it was 10 grand higher, you know, in a commercial account that could be just, I mean, we have commercial accounts that are, you know, they were 40 grand last year and they're 80 grand this year. So I mean, a 10 grand difference. That's a lot of money. But now suddenly if there's something that's 30 grand higher, it's like, Oh, well the 10 grand is uh looking pretty nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, uh, one thing also I just wanted to comment on with remarketing accounts is <clears throat> it's also good to look at what the insured might be leaving on the table. And so, um, for our customers, you know, we have some, and, and, and uh, you got to mention this earlier cash, you know, sometimes it's having that conversation, right. Looking at it and like, you're, you're in a good spot based on X, Y, Z, but 
Um, so for some of our customers who are already with the carrier of last resort and who already, you know, um, really don't have any other options to go anywhere else, it's like, well, let's see what else can be done. What are you leaving on the table? Are there any credits that we should review? Have you done? And so here in Florida, you know, again, I mentioned the wind mitigation inspection. Um, you know, perhaps they uh, they put a, a new roof on and that that may have changed their eligibility. Um, or perhaps they put in impact windows or shutters and now they can qualify for an opening protection credit. Um, and so there's different things there. Um, and that's speaking to property on the auto side. Um some of the carriers have implemented uh, different things that can be added. You know, you, there's usage-based uh, uh, insurance features that can be added on. There's uh, mileage um, rating variables that, you know, that have one of our carriers um, added that on last year. And I had a customer who their renewal went up and we, we, when we reviewed the, uh, the mileage rating factor, we were able to bring that down because he's like, well, I work from home. I'm not driving, you know, I'm driving very, very little. And that saved him quite a bit. So I would always encourage everyone listening um, that even if you feel like there's nothing that can be done, uh, let your customer know about what they could be leaving on the table. Um, and, and to that point, I have customers who, when, you know, they're just really uncomfortable with that rate. Um, it's like, well, hey, you're not getting this credit right now. If you did go ahead and do X, Y, Z, you could save this much. And so, in you know, here in Florida, that could be putting in impact windows or shutters. Um, could be it could cut your premium in in I shouldn't say half, but a third. It could save you thousands of dollars depending on where you are. And so, that is a really significant. Um, part of, I think, of this conversation we're having on remarketing accounts. Yeah. And even telematics, dash cams, uh, GPS uh, type tracking for the commercial side. Uh, same thing here in Arkansas, where there's on the commercial side, there's no filed discount, uh, but it certainly um, helps with negotiating with underwriters on renewal terms. Um and so providing that risk management advice is is key. And one other thing I wanted to bring up and one thing that we've been utilizing here is um, and this is a big plug for Trusted Choice, um, the hard market toolkit. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, you need to go to Trusted Choice and um, get a copy of it. It's a it's just light reading. It's about 40 pages. <laughs> give or take. Um, but it has a lot of this good info that we're talking about today. Um, and some more that we haven't, um, that we haven't, uh, mentioned, but one thing on the remarketing question is, um, kind of metrics around it. So that toolkit has told us that our remarket, uh, hit ratio, uh, or our remarketing ratio should be anywhere from 60 to 70% of our accounts. That we, that means we might have to work a little bit harder at talking through these remarkets and trying to avoid remarketing anywhere from 30 to 40%. Um, so I thought that was um, a good metric to a good goal to strive for, because if you would have asked me before I read that, 
I would have said we're probably having to remarket 90%. Um, but that's really, that's really not the case. And that can help guide you in kind of what you're seeing and what you should be uh, finding. And then of those remarkets, uh, maybe track how many of them that you actually end up moving to another carrier and how many remarkets uh, end up in eventually leaving them where they are. So are you being intentional about how you're doing that? Um, and that toolkit does have a remarketing checklist and uh, some forms and resources that that have helped us along the way. So I wanted to mention that for sure. Awesome. Thanks, Cash, so much. Both of you guys, this was such a great conversation, especially back and forth. Um, I think this was a wonderful podcast. I know the market is hard right now, and I wanted to ask one final question. Do you have any positive advice to give to the agents as they're dealing with the stress <laughs> in life right now? I know we have angry customers. I know we have underwriters that don't respond quickly. Um, what kind of helps you guys get through it? And anything would be great. I would say one thing that helps me go to sleep at night is even though there are so many disrupting factors and so many disruptors entering, you know, I know that oh, you said positive, right? And here I start with disruptors, but <laughs> there are there are so many disruptors entering our industry. But even with that, there is such a need more than ever for the independent agent. Um, care, uh, insureds rely on us to do the heavy lifting. Um, and, and they want to have that relationship, relationship with someone who they can trust, who they believe is educating them, who's like, like we, we spoke about earlier, a valuable resource, a sounding board, um, someone that's going to be able to put the whole picture together because, you know, let's just face it. If you're, if you're buying, if they're buying insurance online, they're, they're missing so much that the, the big, the bigger picture is completely lost. And so, um, really being able to be that, 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 uh, risk advisor and counselor. So uh, I think the positive takeaway that, that I remind myself of is we are needed more than ever now. And it's just a great opportunity for you to, uh, dig in a little deeper with, with that relationship with your client and, and grow that relationship to have that client for, you know, 20, 30 years from now. So um, it's definitely, uh, you're proving yourself by fire now, but you're going to get through it. You're going to be stronger from it. And those relationships, if you do things the right way, are going to be stronger. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. Because um, everybody has that need to be uh, needed, I guess. And, and there's never been a, a time in an my career, I know there has been in, in some of our uh, folks that I am fortunate enough to work with that have seen a hard market, but um, my age group has not. And uh, we are needed right now and and um, we will make it through it. Um, I can put on my proverbial uh, cardigan real quick and, and say uh, one of my favorite Mr. Rogers quotes <laughs> Um, when something difficult is happening, look for the helpers. Um, there's always helpers and, um, that's what we are as independent agents. And, and that's who I want to be. Oh, that was amazing. 
Thank you both for joining us today. And thank you listeners for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Agency Nation Radio powered by Big Eye and Trusted Choice. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button and give us five stars or leave us a review. And if you have a story for Agency Nation Radio, contact us at hello at agencynation.com. Thank you guys so much. That was amazing. The content of this podcast does not necessarily reflect the views of Trusted Choice or its affiliates. It's intended for general informational purposes only. Trusted Choice and its affiliates shall not be held responsible for and specifically disclaim any liability relating to this video. Trusted Choice does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information contained herein. This video is not intended to be and should not be considered investment, financial, legal, or other professional advice. If such advice is required or desired, the services of an appropriate, competent professional should be sought.